God grant that the meditations of our hearts, all that we say and do, the gift of scripture and our understanding of it may be a blessing unto you as it surely is unto us. Amen. This morning's lesson from scripture comes from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Mark and as Heidi pointed out so beautifully last week, the uh, last story in the fifth discourse of Jesus, now this one about the nature of our life with God and the only um, depiction or description of the quote-unquote last judgment in all of um, the New Testament. Heidi pointed out last week and in the week before Vanessa's sermon about the in which in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is laying out for the disciples and those uh, who are following Jesus for the choices uh, that they have to make. And in this uh, final portion of that fifth discourse, um, Jesus lays out an alternative vision, a deeply alternative idea about a radically new uh, social structure beginning at verse 31, the 25th chapter of Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, let me pause there for just a sec. Um, The Son of Man is one of the terms uh, that is used to refer to Jesus in the New Testament, uh, most often um, used by Jesus himself to refer to himself in the third person. He talks about himself as the son of man. The son of man will this, and the son of man will do that. And here, Jesus is talking about the son of man, recalling from the 17th chapter of the book of the prophet Daniel, this apocalyptic vision. In Daniel's uh, vision, a son of man would descend from heaven on a cloud from God with angels and would help to set things right through all kinds of conflict, conflagration, some final apocalypse. And this richly informs, clearly, uh, Matthew's understanding of Jesus' ministry, and one would think richly informed Jesus' own understanding um, of his ministry. So when Jesus said the Son of Man will come immediately to his hearers, devout Jews all, familiar with the scriptures from their attendance at synagogue services, that he's referring back to this vision of uh, Daniel, of the end of time. So one of the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels come with him. Then he will sit on his throne in his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, shepherds did, in fact, do this in Jesus' day. Uh, Shepherds took care of mixed flocks, sheep and goats. And at night, they would separate them because the goats uh, needed to be put into shelter. Otherwise, they would be cold in the winter nights. The sheep would be fine with their heavy coats of wool, but the sheep had to be separated from the goats in order to protect the goats. So he will separate the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. 
And then the king will say to those at his right, the sheep, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Come, inherit my kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Sign me up. Where do I go? For when I was hungry, the Son of Man said, but when I was hungry and you gave me food, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink, when I was a stranger, you welcomed me, when I was naked, you gave me clothing, when I was sick, You took care of me, and when I was in prison, you visited me. Now this doesn't seem right to the people who hear the Son of Man in need, the Son of Man suffering, naked, hungry, thirsty, sick, in prison. That doesn't make any sense. The king sitting on the throne experiences these things. This does not in keeping with our conception of sovereignty. And so the righteous will answer, Lord, uh, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food, thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we uh, saw you a stranger and welcomed you naked and gave you clothing? And when was it when we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, these little ones, my brothers and my sisters who are members of my family, you did it to me. So this vision that Jesus is articulating, this is a passage with which we are so familiar that it can almost pass by us, Um, without recognizing the deeply radical nature of what Jesus is saying here. That when we care for those who are least among us, those who are disregarded, the despised, the dispossessed, the dissolute, the desolute, those who are dirty, hungry, ill-clad, who look like they're not very savory characters. When you do it to the least of these, you have done it for the king, the son of man, and for Jesus. To pause, to look to see in the other person the presence of Christ. This is not some principle of social engineering that Jesus is proposing. This is not an action plan for the redress of grievances. This is not an agenda by which a society will restructure its institutions and its 
privileges and its principles in order to serve a greater number of people who are impoverished. It's deeper than that, much deeper than that, as important as those items are. This is not simply a matter of social uplift. It is a matter of seeing the world and interacting with each other in a radically different way, which entails standing still long enough to see the presence of Christ in the other person and recognize that when we respond to that person in their real need, not because we've judged them to be worthy, not because we think they deserve help because of what society has dealt to them in a raw hand, but because they are Christ to affirm the inherent dignity of the person is a child of God or as Christ's own self. And then he will say to those at his left hand, the goats, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared by the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. Thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And then they will answer, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry or thirsty, stranger or naked, sick or in prison? When did we not take care of you? And then he will answer, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen. Choices have consequences. Remember, this is a, not truly a parable, but a teaching narrative. Jesus is not laying out our prospects for the eternal disposition of our soul. This is not a prescription um, for what will actually transpire in our lives, but is a way of getting our attention, of recognizing that the choices that we make have real consequences. The decision to see another person not as a problem, but as a person. This is the distinctive nature of the Christian message of Jesus. The gospel is very simple, but that does not mean that it is not had. It is simple to love God with all that we have, to love our neighbor, everybody we encounter, as we love ourselves, Simple, but not easy. Clear and direct, but complex and sometimes puzzling. It all begins 
with undertaking the mind of Jesus, allowing ourselves to experience the love of God in Jesus for ourselves individually and experiencing that love become engaged and empowered and enlarged in our conceptions so that we can love as Jesus loved, to live as Jesus lived. This is why on this last Sunday of the liturgical year, this closing day of a year before the start of a new year of Advent journey to Bethlehem, it's called Christ is King Sunday or the sovereignty of God. If Christ is king, okay, king of what? Not the way of the world, not the way in which the king exercises power in our lives, but in a new radically different social order in which the law can be summed up in two commandments, to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. To recognize at the close of this year that what God has been calling us to do all along is not to live in a certain way, but God has been calling us this past year to love in a certain way. That is to say, to love as Jesus loved, and thereby to truly live. Amen.